0: Brewing up some business for your morning commute. You're listening to Speaky Cafe. Uh, Hello, everybody. Uh, Welcome to Speak Geek Cafe. This is a brand new podcast and our first episode with a very special guest for you all today. Uh, This is your podcast by Speak Geek, my voiceover business, so that way we can get to know other businesses around the Northwest Ohio area and have a chance to converse with them, find out the whys, the wheres, the whats, sometimes the whos, and sometimes the why-nots. I'm joined today with one Dr. Andrea Mata, who is a clinical child psychologist from Bright Spot Families. And even though this is a cafe, uh, she has chosen to not partake in in coffee, (laughs) which is fine. We have some... some, maple apple cider tea from stash tea is one of my absolute favorites and i'm going to throw the floor over to you to see what your thoughts are about it andrea
1: hello hello tj this is absolutely delicious
0: yeah i i tend to agree i this one is really good uh any sort of like vanilla or anything, it kinda tastes like apple pie a la mode. Mm-hmm. And I'm a I'm a big boy and I like my apple pie. It's I mean, it is it is damn good. Are we yeah. allowed to swear? You're I allowed to ask? swear. Oh, yeah, perfect. you're allowed to swear.
1: I mean, it is damn Just, good. Yeah. I would it, highly recommend it. I'm gonna be a fan of this uh brand
0: mm-hmm. from now on. I, I fully agree. I've turned a lot of other people onto it. I usually do a couple big orders a year, one in the spring, one in the fall. It's about it's about that time. Yeah. My my, my stash. Ha <laughs> ha! Hey. From stash tea <laughs> is running low, but enough about the tea. Enough about the beverage, even though it's in the it words is, of Andrea, damn good.
1: It's damn good. And like the reason I was telling TJ before we started, the reason why I don't drink coffee is because I'm what's called a super taster, and so there are people that are biologically predisposed not to like coffee, beer. Which is a terrible thing, um, going through college and grad school, right? Um, And then, like anything bitter,
0: I can see that. See, I'm not a beer drinker. I Mm -hmm. don't like. I don't like hops, and I firmly believe that anybody who likes like an IPA is just. They say they like it because they think it's cool, but it's also bitter for the sake of being bitter, right? Yeah. Uh, I do like my coffee though, Uh but I'm a coffee snob. As there's a coffee bar behind us over there. (laughs) Oh (laughs) yeah.
1: I like the smell of coffee. It's just the taste. And I remember when I was still a professor, um... We, One of my colleagues, he's a sensation and perception psychologist, and he had these things called taste strips. And they can tell you which kind of taster you are. And during one of my classes, he came in to kind of give an introduction of sensation and perception psychology. And he gave it to me, and it was the worst taste I have oh ever gosh. experienced in my, in my life. And he was like, I wish I would have videotaped that because that is awesome. He's like, that's exactly what you would think for – like." Like how would super taster would respond when they as soon as they put the taste strip in, and other people they put the same taste strip in, not the one I used because that would be
0: gross. Yeah, um, hygiene, please. Exactly.
1: Go. <laughs> so this is prior prior to COVID. Um, but they would just tasted paper.
0: That's crazy.
1: And it was the worst taste I've ever experienced. But other people, paper, and other people they said it tasted like a little bit bitter, but not like nothing like
0: unpleasant. Uh, whatever you do, don't lick a Nintendo Switch cartridge. They've got that bittering agent on there to stop kids from from eating them. Uh-huh. I don't think my dog would care, though, because we got that bittering spray for oh, her, and she just yeah. would lick it off of things.
1: I don't think... I have never heard, and maybe if someone... It's worked for somebody, but I've never heard that, like, the bitter spray for dogs working for any dog.
0: Yeah, that's... It's wild. I think it's a gimmick.
1: I think so, too.
0: Right? If, I mean interesting in concept would probably work for human children
1: yeah and maybe it works for other dogs but it hasn't worked for any dogs that I have ever like whenever I ask people
0: it doesn't same here same here but all this talk of kids brings me to well Talk of using Bittering Agent for kids. We should probably (laughs) not use Bittering Agent for kids. Uh, Brings us to the topic at hand. Mm -hmm. Uh, You are releasing a new book here in the very new future, December 29th, if my memory serves correctly. It is, on Amazon. All right. Well, why don't you tell us a little bit about that?
1: So the book is titled The Number Two Parenting Book, Practical Tips for the Pooped Out Parent. And so... That's that's the title, and the, the premise of the book is practical tips that you can learn in the time it takes to poop. That a mom poop, not a dad poop.
0: Amazing. <laughs> I love that concept so much. Also, I tend to have some potty humor sometimes, mm. so of course that tickles the sense of humor. Uh, what... <laughs> it's it really is an interesting and a fascinating concept because when you know parents go about their day especially with young kids it's like you're fighting for time constantly and i've heard more than my fair share of young mothers even older mothers who are dealing with 32 year old kids that still live in their home miss tina (laughs) (laughs) hi mom if you're listening uh just constantly fighting for time because mm-hmm. they feel like they don't have any time on their own. And so a lot of them are like, my bathroom breaks are my me time. My baths are my me time. So it's kind of a fascinating idea to take this here. You're taking this 10 minutes or whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm guesstimating five out of minutes. Your day, five minutes. Out yeah, of your I've done day, research
1: on it. You're not supposed to be on the toilet for longer than five minutes. I'm doomed. Actual yeah. poops <laughs> in reality, poop, should not take you longer than a minute. I've done all like
0: <laughs> that is Ladies and gentlemen, this is the kind of quality content you can expect on Speak Key Cafe. <laughs> it's all research based. It's all research based. But no, joking aside, like the idea of learning something in the time it takes you to use the restroom mm-hmm. when it's just a couple of minutes of time that you can have to yourself and do what you need to do, that is an awesome concept. And I think that. Uh, has the potential to be really really successful
1: Mm -hmm. that's my hope like and I think when I'm thinking about things and I've read you know tons of books on parenting and you know I've done tons of research on family systems and parenting and all those things and one thing I keep hearing is like people want to know how to parent better but they're too busy being a parent to actually learn how to parent better. And so sometimes they'll just go to like a, you know, a mommy pot, like a mommy blog or something like that. And the mommy blog has, you know, oh, here, do this. But they're not research based, they're not practice based. And so I was like, well, I can write. You know, 29 tips, because that's what's in the book, is 29 tips um, and the time that it takes to poop. And they're practical, they're evidence-based, so they're based off of research, and I've been working in the trenches with parents for over 20 years, so... These are all things that I do with my own clients and I've decided just to kind of compile them into a book that focuses really on like what are the basics, I call them the fundamentals of parenting, what are the the top things every single parent should be doing if they don't know anything else and then I go into high expectations so setting up and expecting your children to behave a certain way and how do we change their behavior so that they are behaving in that way and then the last one is the warm and fuzzies so how do you build that loving relationship and so the whole premise of the book other than you know the time that takes to poop is how do you set up high expectations for your child within the context of the warm and fuzzies
0: that's that's a beautiful way of putting that um so like i'm trying to think of how to word my question here Thankfully, this is this is pre-recorded, so I can just cut out that time if I have if I have a moment. <laughs> Shh, trade secrets there. Don't uh, don't uh, don't tell anybody. Um, do you think this is kind of a weird question? One that popped in my head. Do you think that there is potential for like your your book? Because a lot of kids think, oh, poop's funny, farts are funny, that kind of thing. Do you think there is potential that the book could help? further relationship between mother and child by mommy what did you learn while pooping today or something like that
1: yeah i think like i think so like because and it can become a joke with it and i think Mm. that's one big thing because uh one of the people that like read it ahead of time she asked me she's like is it humorous and I was like, well, well, yeah, because how each chapter is set up is it's a real life story, typically a parenting fail
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, that's either happened to me, my husband, friends, family members, or some of my clients. And then it's followed by a practical way to address the parenting failure in the story. And so and it's, it is humorous. The person, the graphic designer who's compiling it, she she. She was sending me a few like text messages when she would come across like humorous things. She's like, I she's like, I've chuckled throughout this whole thing. And it's and it's to build that relationship, to have those warm and fuzzies. And so yeah, like absolutely. Like if you're taking a poop and your kid is like, What did you learn today? Well, I learned this. I learned all about that. I should give you five seconds before I start giving you another command. Um, because kids need five seconds to yeah. process what you said and then get moving. But so many times parents are like Hey, do this. And then on a second letter, hey, do this. Hey, hmm. do this. Why aren't you doing this? Blah, 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 blah. And every single time, like, the kid's just restarting the loop and it's taking them longer.
0: Yeah. It's uh, – I can definitely say that I've been in those kinds of situations where, like – almost information overload Mm -hmm. and it's kind of made my brain just shut down a little bit and i think that carries on more than just parenting too because former workplaces at school uh friends that i'm trying to help out with something and they're stressing and they're like hey do this 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 and i think that's something that's valuable that can carry on into adulthood as well Mm -hmm. um Goodness knows, like I'm I'm currently in the middle of seeking a, an ADHD diagnosis. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes for me, even that five seconds isn't enough because I'm three commands behind 30 seconds later mm-hmm. trying to, to catch up and process, especially if I've already got a lot on my plate. I think that that is a great tip. First and foremost, I mean, they're all going to be great tips. Mm-hmm. Let's be fair, because you're good at what you do. Thank you. You're very welcome. Uh Man, this tea really is good. It is good. <laughs> I had another question, and now I've forgotten it again.
1: Because you took a sip of your tea. Because I took a sip of you my got distracted tea. With your I tea? got the
0: distracted <laughs> tea
1: <laughs> stash. Maple apple cider. Distracted.
0: Yes, distracted in the best ways. Uh,
1: yes, it's just like a mm-hmm. like you said, like an apple pie.
0: Yeah, a little bit. I like the maple. Like the apple.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: We're getting derailed again. We are. It's but you can totally just cut. Fully this out. my fault. <laughs> Fully my fault here. Um, You do drive home a good point, though. I think a lot of people learn very well through humor. Um, You think of some of the jokes that you've heard, especially when you're you're younger and you hear some jokes that you probably shouldn't be hearing Mm -hmm. the way that they tend to stick with you. A lot of my memories of things that I have learned in the past have been through moments of laughter or enjoyment. Like I have very fond memories of my mother reading my favorite book series to me. Mm -hmm. What was that? uh, It's the Redwall series by Brian Jakes. Uh, Very wonderful fantasy series, and he was a brilliant writer. I was just just devastated to hear of his passing a few years ago. But uh, the work that the man put out into the world is... Absolutely incredible. And if you like fantasy and if you like like woodland animals and stuff like that, definitely give them a read, Mm -hmm. Um, especially with more complex dialects and stuff like that. Every uh, different species of woodland animal in the book, he gave different dialects based on people that he had met in real Mm -hmm. life that kind of reminded him of that. But uh, my mother would read those books to me and I would sit out here and hack it like the bushes and brush with a sword and whatnot and laugh about it. And she would laugh. And those are very formative things for me and definitely not something you learn while you're pooping. Nope. (laughs) But it still drives the point home of how important humor is to learning, especially to kids. When kids find something amusing, you will hold their attention like no other. It's is probably why I play video games way too much. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think that, I mean, that was something that I learned when I was a college professor for nine years. Like one of the things, because probably like five or so weeks into the semester, I'd always do like an informal evaluation. And I would say like, hey, what do you like about the class? What do you mm-hmm. not like about the class? What can I do to improve? And one of the things that was consistent was, we enjoy your humor. And I remember one of my senior psych majors, she... She was a softball player and she honored me for senior day, like faculty appreciation day. And so they had to do a little speech. And the statement that she said that has still stuck with me like three years later was, you don't want to miss Dr. Mata's classes because you don't know what she's going to say. And that's like it was humorous because you never knew what was going to come out of my mouth, and so like, and they were able to remember things better because it was associated with that humor. And so trying to be, and my humor tends to be more like sarcastic. Right. Um, it's not like I'm a you know stand up comedian or something like that, but it's like levity and that kind of humor um, and sarcasm and all those kind of things.
0: I mean, same sarcasm's mm-hmm. fun. Sass is fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had. A teacher in high school that I absolutely loved. He was my psychology and sociology teacher who very much had the same thing. If you're listening to this, Mr. Walsh, loved you. Um, he was a bizarre man in the best ways. And the way that he let us learn, Like he was one of the few teachers that would say, hey, you want to distract yourself a little bit with your phone or something during class? Go for it, because I know some of you learn better that way. Mm-hmm. And I ended up learning more in his class than a lot of my other classes combined just because of the humor. Mm-hmm. Every once in a while, he'd have a headache and we'd walk in and he'd have a rubber band wrapped around the top of his head, or around his eyebrows, because apparently that helped. But he would always make these goofy faces looking at everybody with it while he taught. And just everybody loved it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely fun classes. Uh, so... I definitely get that and value that because I wouldn't trade the experiences that I had with him for the world. And a lot of it was because of that sense of humor. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you said something interesting. You said it used to be a college professor for nine years. How did you go from being a college professor to a uh, child psychologist in practice?
1: Um, so I think the big thing was, I remember, it was like, mm, when was that? Like 2017. And I started kind of waking up in the middle of the night and I don't know why. And so I started like journaling, like what, like what is going on? And I started to realize that I wasn't living out my life's mission. Like being a college professor was awesome and it was grand and I had so much fun, but there were parts of it that I just couldn't take anymore. Um, The terrible writing. Um, That was like grading. Terrible writing was awful. And then the other part was all of the committees that administration kept trying to get me to go on and do and spend time on. And I think to this day, had they just let me go in and teach my classes Work with my undergrad research assistants, I would still probably be there to this day. But it was all the extra stuff that they were, you know, wanting me to do and that stuff that wasn't towards the mission of the university, which was to prepare students for productive careers and meaningful lives. And so that's kind of. Then so then I was like, OK, I'm going to give them one more year and then, gonna you know, peace out. And then I realized in early of 2018, uh, I was pregnant with my third child. So I was like, I mm, guess I'm going to stay because I was already tenured, which means they couldn't fire me. Right. um And so I decided to stick around till then. And then, you know, just kind of get my legs underneath me, start the private practice. I started that December of 2019 and then after that, I was like, OK, like, I, I'm, I'm good now. I'm done. I'm going to peace out. And so like spring 2021 was my last year at the university. And then I joined a bigger practice here in Toledo called the Anxiety Treatment Center of Greater Toledo. So I do most of my therapy work out of there. But then like my speaking and my books and that kind of stuff is all out of Bright Spot Families.
0: Okay, so bright spot families is yours then mhm okay all right that's that's good to know. We blast that out all over social media everywhere awesome we had a we had a nice little conversation earlier about uh marketing, and mm. I'm a voice actor, and my marketing for myself is terrible. <laughs> I market for other people, great, my marketing for myself is terrible, so I get you, so mm-hmm. I'll do what I can to help
1: thank you. I appreciate it cause... when I
0: remember my social media
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, like it was funny I had posted. I was teaching a dating in the twenty first century like mini course mm-hmm. at the beginning of this year, and um, like they were like you have to market it. And so I was like, oh. And then like this woman, her name's Julie Carl, and she writes for the BG Independent. And she emailed me and she's like, hey, she's like, I would love to write an article on this. And I was like, sure. And so she met with me and she, you know, we spent probably like two hours together that first time. And she's like, I'm just gonna market you. And I'm like, perfect. I'm like, because I hate marketing myself. Cause I took like this funny picture outside my door where like I put a flyer up with the the mini courses and I was like Like, I I just, it makes me feel gross.
0: Yeah, I, you're probably going to give me a psychological breakdown on this, (laughs) but when I, when it comes to marketing for myself, like I always have this reservation of, I don't want to put forward something that I don't feel is correct. Um, I dealt with uh, a lot of imposter syndrome when I first went into business for myself and I joke about it now. Because I have to I have to keep a good sense of humor in order to keep myself afloat, because mm-hmm. that's just how I cope with everything is humor. Yeah. Um but my big fear is that I'm going to put something out that I know for myself to be true and people are going to be like, ah, he's a fraud. So that's kind of where my hangup is mm-hmm. when it comes to marketing myself. And my one of my absolute best friends in this entire world uh, makes fun of me for it because he's like, you market so well for everybody else and you can't say a damn nice thing about yourself. You need to learn to stop making me do it. Mm-hmm. Do it yourself. Right. I'm like, But you do it so well, Patrick. Just, <laughs> just, just go forth and <laughs> do it for me. Yeah. Be, be my business wingman. I appreciate it. <laughs> that, that I mean,
1: that's that's the goal is like once, once I can either get enough speaking gigs – um, or this book does really, really well. My next thing, because so I used to have a podcast, the Bright Spot Podcast, and I had a co-host with it, Lindsay Finnegan. And as soon as I make enough money, like the goal is just to hire her to do all of the things I hate, like paperwork, yeah, marketing, um, social media, pitching to people. Like, I just want to be the thought leader,
0: no, I and feel create that. things. And then I have you. her
1: do all the marketing. We're gonna steal some more of this tea.
0: Oh, go for it! Sugars there, spoons, whatever you need. Yes. At least I have the spoons for this. <laughs> A little bit of psychology humor there. Um. No, I, I, I definitely feel that. Uh, I don't. I don't really have that luxury of being able to just be the thought leader behind like what I do, mm-hmm. because I have to be right in the middle of the of the creative aspect of it, whether it be uh, recording other people's podcasts for them or doing voiceover work. Sorry about that. Okay. Uh Doing voiceover work, like I've got to be in the thick of it. But that's also where I want to be because I like helping people solve mm-hmm. their problems. Uh, when it comes to whatever, I had one client that. Uh said, Hey, we want to do this advertisement for this thing. We don't know what else to do after saying that. And so being able to sit and help them out with that is absolutely fantastic. So it'd be nice to be able to hire people to do other things. I would definitely hire people to do my social media just so I don't have to.
1: Yeah.
0: One less thing on my plate. Exactly.
1: Then you could focus on other things that actually like bring right.
0: you joy and like talking to myself in a padded room for hours. <laughs>
1: drinking tea or coffee
0: drinking tea or coffee
1: see patrick should just come on and be like your business
0: business wingman again yeah it's just everything. we'll 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 make him a character you can just sit in the corner and be business wingman
1: <laughs> get some illustrations of him
0: yeah so how have you thought well how how do you feel that the experiences that you've had in raising your own kids have helped shape uh the tips that you've put into your book.
1: So I think I was actually thinking about that this weekend and there's not a single tip in the book that I don't use on a regular basis with my kids. And if I, if I wouldn't use it with my own kids, I'm not going to tell other people to do it with their kids. Um, And so I remember, what was it this weekend? But there was something this weekend where I was like, oh, I used this tip. Like, there's a tip in there called cool as a cucumber. And so, like, I had to use the cool as a cucumber tip. And I had to, you know, I say get down at their level. So, like, making eye contact with them. And so it was like every single tip in there I use on a daily basis. And if a clinical child psychologist is going to use it on their kids, well, then I think it would probably help other parents to use it as well.
0: Right. Well, I'll say you haven't sat here and complained about your kids, so that Mm -mm. probably means that it's doing some work and it's definitely a positive influence. Mm -hmm. Uh, Would you say that there's a particular tip, trick, bit of advice in there that you think stands above everything else? I would
1: go from one of the fundamentals. So I'll pull one from the fundamentals. I think – The keystone of parenting, and this is probably the keystone of all human behavior, is consistency. Like, we as humans love consistency, but being consistent in something is hard. It is challenging. And so, but you have to be consistent as a parent, Because like in in the book, I talk about – think of a time where you had a boss where they told you one thing and then the next few days they were inconsistent. What did you feel? Yeah.
0: Betrayed, frustrated, angry.
1: Exactly. And so if you're being inconsistent with your kids – well then they feel betrayed by you which is not good for your attachment. No. And if they feel frustrated, that's not go- they're not going to behave very well for you. And so it's like trying to be consistent. And in the book I joke, I'm like I'd rather you be a consistently inc- like a consistently like absent parent than a inconsistent warm and loving parent. And that seems crazy to people. It does. But, but it, it just does, a, a mo- like it, it messes with kids' minds and their attachment yeah. style if they have this warm and loving parent one minute, and then all of a sudden that parent goes away for whatever time, and then they're like harsh and mean and those kind of things, and then they're warm and loving again.
0: I'm reminded of... One episode in particular of Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was the one where Will's dad came back into the picture for a little bit and was going to leave again without Will. Uh, and first of all, acting in that scene, which I've got to point out as, as an actor myself, absolutely impeccable. So mm-hmm. good. But to see him go through these stages of grief as he's realizing that his dad's leaving him again, after he got all excited about his dad coming back again, what you're saying carries a lot of weight because when you're, when you're on this constant waves of up and down, it can really mess with kids. And I've seen that uh, um, a lot myself Mm -hmm. when you have fathers that work a lot, uh, so on and so forth, you know, excuse me, sorry, I didn't mean to burp into the mic. That was awful. Uh, when you're in these waves of up and downs, the inconsistencies can cause a lot of problems. And I've seen that in friends who have been called away a lot. Um, and it's, it's kind of sad, you know, I, my brother-in-law loved the man to death, Uh, was in the military, was called away two different tours in the middle East. And my sister and my nephews came to live with us during that time. And it, I kind of got to see a little bit of the fallout, which while that's not intentional, Mm -hmm. uh, that was, he got called away. Uh, There was a lot of, you know, dad's gone again. And then there's the one really heart wrenching story. When my one nephew tried to blue skidoo into the picture of him on my sister's laptop at the time. But, uh, yeah, that, the the in and out, here and gone, that can cause, yeah. No, I agree with it. Mm-hmm. As harsh and weird as it sounds, I agree with it. Yeah. Which I like those kind of takes anyway. Mm-hmm. They're a lot of fun and they're, they're conversation starters.
1: Yeah. Because like a lot of people, they think like, oh, like if I just go back into my kid's life, like then we can repair the relationship. And it's like, well, how, how many times have you gone in and out? Right. And like. Let's talk about the attachment style of that child. I mean, the book does not, that's one thing that I think is also different from other parenting books is that other parenting books really go into like all of the research and all of the developmental theories behind everything. But like parents don't have time for that. No, And so I got rid of all of that. And someone who read it, they're like, but we would like to have the research. So can you put like the research at the back of the book? And I was like, sure. And then I was like, wait, no. Like no one- It kind of
0: defeats the- the exactly. Spirit of what you're going exactly. for.
1: Exactly. I'm like, if you want, like, you can. If you want the research behind and you mm. want to read the article that you know the 20 page article that's all scientific and psychological jargon, you go right ahead and you message me or email me, and I will give it to
0: you. Right. But or no just look it up that. on Google because you can find anything on Google <laughs> nowadays. <laughs>
1: And so that in the book with consistency, like I actually, then there's like a practical tip of like how to become a more consistent parent using the other practical tips. Um, And so I think, you know, I talk about like, because people have lots of variations of like how long it takes to build a habit. Some mm-hmm. people say a week, some people say 21 days, some people say 66 days. It really just depends. I think a t- uh, James Clear's Atomic Habits has a really good conversation. It just kind of depends yeah. on what the behavior is. Um, and so I just kind of give, try to give like step by steps
0: of how to become a more
1: consistent parent.
0: That is another book on my list of things to read. Mm. Uh, is Atomic Habits. I I have the audiobook that one, and uh, another friend of mine who's a wonderful business coach recommended as a 12 week year too. <gasps> I love that one, and so I need to give that a read too. Mm-hmm. Get rid of get, get rid, wow, that's not what I meant. <laughs> uh, get through both of those, and uh. I'm I'm interested in picking up your book as well and seeing what I can learn from it. I mean, I'm single. I don't have kids, but.
1: I think that's the thing. So I had posted this on LinkedIn the other day and like I commented on someone's uh, post and I was like, companies would be not best served, but they would be served by have, having their employees read a parenting book. Because, especially this one, I mean, I wrote it, but also because how you parent is how you lead in your business. Mm -hmm. And so it's the same kind of framework, Um, leadership, parenting, it's, you still want your people to have high expectations, but you also want to have that relationship piece. Like, you don't have to be a jerk of a boss, like... It was always a conversation that I would have with other professors when I was, you know, still doing that. They're like, why? Like, there is one professor that could say the same thing I said and the students would revolt against that professor. And I could literally say the same thing and the students would like be like, "Okay, yeah, Mm -hmm. we'll do that. And it was because I had that relationship piece from them and the other professor did not
0: I also think it's a manner of the way that you put it forward. When you take the time to build a rapport with people, mm-hmm. you can get away with saying a lot more. Oh yeah. Um, back into the a little bit about the humor pieces, like I have a, a friend online who will constantly just give unsolicited, awful parenting tips intentionally. Mm-hmm intentionally as as jokes and we oh, all know that it's joke that okay. we all okay. know that she's joking
1: how is like oh man
0: yeah so we all know that she's joking but like there are some of those like fam if you said that in front of the wrong people <laughs> they would be making calls <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah so, yeah but i'm here with just us check yourself uh, mm-hmm. before <laughs> yeah. before you mess up yeah. But I do want to go back to one thing that you said because my, my brain train finally found the railings again. Uh, speaking on consistency, that actually relates a lot to content creation as well. Mm-hmm. So in, in my field, whether it be in YouTube videos or running a podcast or anything like that, consistency is king. And I just touched on this in the presentation that I did for my B&I chapter uh, a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm i had like 120 subscribers on my gaming youtube channel when i was doing it and if i started off an episode without my normal intro the 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 same words coming out of my Mm -hmm. face every episode i would get four messages are you okay did something happen or is is everything good because people grow to uh know that consistency, Mm -hmm. and it becomes an integral part of who they are. When I think of the YouTube channels that I watch all the time, like Game Theory, everybody that has seen Game Theory once will recognize, but hey, that's just a theory. A game theory. (laughs) Thanks for watching. Yeah. And Everybody knows that that's what Mm -hmm. it is. Markiplier is another one that comes to mind when he does his outros. He has an outro that he does for horror games Mm -hmm. and an outro that he does for everything else. And if he doesn't do the right one, people will call him out. Man's got double digits in the millions of subscribers and people will call him out if he doesn't do his Uh intro or outro right. And so when I do consultation for podcasts Mm -hmm. for content creation I always say you know make sure you have an intro make sure you have an outro those are your intros and outros Mm -hmm. and if you change them Mm -hmm. that is the new intro and outro yeah now that's not to say you can't have a word here or there that changes and that also correlates to sometimes parenting in this way doesn't really work so you have to change Mm Every now and then, but the consistency there really is king because people grow to know you based on that consistency. Mm -hmm. People grow to understand you based on that consistency. And when they sit down and they throw on their earbuds or uh, sit down to listen to mom and dad talk, Uh and they know exactly what they're getting into when it starts. And in a way it feels like home. And when it comes to parenting, safety is Mm -hmm. important. Yeah. And when you have consistency- especially if it's positive consistency for the warm and fuzzies. As, mm-hmm. so you, as you so elegantly put it, and I love it. Uh, you are going to get so much more out of your child mm-hmm. when they feel safe yep. than you are if they feel like they are an inconvenience, they are a bother, they are worthless to you, you don't like them, you hate them. That is one of the big reasons why consistency is important. And it's an interesting correlation to take that mm-hmm. from, from people, and yeah. correlate that to what I do for a living. Uh, so just kind of an interesting point of note there.
1: Yeah. Like when me. I was a professor, I start like if you ask any of my students, how does Dr. Mata start a class? Mm-hmm. They will all tell you the same thing because I l- literally started every single class the same way. Hey, good morning or good afternoon, depending on what time it was. And how are you all doing? Because mm-hmm. it then it allowed me to gauge their energy level and you know kind of you know change up my energy level based off of that but it was like okay that's the cue for them okay we're gonna get started and then whenever I do podcasts how did I start today hello hello Mm -hmm. that's how I always or that's how I try to whenever I'm on podcasts or videos or something like that that's how I try to introduce myself with the hello hello
0: yeah and it's nice it's like a little signature where everybody knows hey didn't i just hear her on speaky cafe and now she's over here and mm-hmm. that's cool yeah but it's it's again with that consistency when you have a character or a persona or just a a a tick or something that you can carry with you mm-hmm. that is easily identifiable it's a great way to get your name out there and kind of does a lot of self marketing back mm-hmm. to that conversation people just know hey it's you i know you yep. hello hello mm-hmm. hello hello mm-hmm uh okay well i'm trying to think because i think you've gone over a lot of stuff here with Mm -hmm. with the book uh let's see where you said it's on amazon it
1: will be on amazon december 29th
0: december 29th -hmm. make sure all of you go forward and pick it up so you have something to learn while you're pooping instead Mm -hmm. of scrolling on facebook yeah because Facebook is the 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 death of the soul.
1: <laughs> I like. I think more and more research—not to get into research, but I think more and more research is showing that. Like the, and I have these conversations with lots of my clients. They're like, "Oh, I scrolled through, you know, TikTok or Instagram or Facebook or blah 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 blah." And when I tell them, like, did, like, how did you feel afterwards? And I'm like, maybe you're depressed because you've been scrolling and maybe you could do something more productive. Mm -hmm. And they're like, no, no, no. Like, that makes me feel better. And so I always tell them, I'm like, okay, this is what I want you to do. I want you to rate your mood on a scale of one to five, five being, you know, high, great mood, one being like, ugh, it's like worst day ever. And then before you scroll and then scroll Mm -hmm. for whatever time you take. And then as soon as you're done scrolling, rate your mood again. Yeah. If your mood is not the same or better then that is not an activity that you probably want to engage in no, very
0: often. not at all. I know that I don't get stuck up in the doom scrolling too, 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 too often, mm-hmm. at least during the day. Yeah. I might sit and doom scroll for 10, 15 minutes sometimes if I just need something mm-hmm. to do to occupy the brain. For me, it's really bad at night. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll lay down and go to bed, and I'll like, all right, I'll watch a couple of videos, and next thing you know, it's been three hours, and I don't know where the times went. Yeah. And I can say with all certainty, I feel awful. Yeah. After that, I,
1: and then you probably can't get to sleep. And then I of can't get to sleep.
0: Light. Right. All the blue light. And then I lay there and toss and turn in bed. And then it's five o'clock in the morning and I have to be up at nine o'clock and then I don't get a good night's sleep. Right. Uh, every once in a while I'll do that during the day too, though, where I'll sit down and I'll be like, okay, I'm just going to do this. It's been four hours.
1: Yeah. I did not get anything done. That I, I got done.
0: nothing done. Mm-hmm. And I just feel so bad. Yeah.
1: And then you feel guilty. Right. And then you start beating yourself up and then you're not getting anything done again because you're beating yourself up.
0: Right. And like, I see the value of social media mm-hmm. and I don't want to turn this into a throw shade at social media fest. <laughs> um, but... I also think social media is just one of the most toxic things mm-hmm. that exist in this world. Yeah. Sure. It's got great points. It's great for marketing. It is It is how we market ourselves as businesses. Now, mm-hmm. I make a good majority of my money off of social media videos that I do for people yeah. because they're just that important. And a lot of people don't want to get in front of a camera. A lot of people don't want to get in front of a mic. Exactly. But it's so toxic mm-hmm. and awful and there was a time in this world when you could kind of escape that where you could you know i'm gonna set my facebook to just the people that i want to listen to mm-hmm. and things have changed so much especially in the last few years during covid more advertisements pushing more news and stuff on people it's just an awful environment on top of it being one of the leading cases of teen suicide mm-hmm.
1: yeah yeah yeah, like I'm doing. Um, in a few weeks, there's a, a webinar that I'm attending, not a, like virtually attending. Mm-hmm. It's a webinar, um, on adolescent like mental health and social media.
0: Yeah, so that does bring up another question. Do you have any tips in the book about parents helping with social media with their kids or anything like that? So this book is
1: geared more towards the ages of three to twelve. Um, okay, And so, like, with that age, I'm going to get a lot of shade for this. Your child should not be on social media oh, I prior agree. to the age of 16. I agree. Like, if you are giving your child social media prior to the age of 16, you are opening them up to, not, I mean, some some possible negative consequences. Mm-hmm. I have horror stories of clients... Younger than 16, who have gotten on social media and the ramifications of that choice. Catastrophic. It, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And um, it will
0: never just remain family and friends. No, no. It's no. the unfortunate truth right, of right, it. Right,
1: right. Yeah. So it's, yeah. So I, I try to. So it's between like, that's probably down the road, depending on how this book does. There's some like other books that I'll write. So I think the next one will be focused in more on like the parents' relationship with themselves, the relationship with their co-parent, whether that's a spouse or, you know, Mm -hmm. their Divorced ex husband, ex wife, something like that. Their relationship with their in laws when it comes to parenting, um, relationship with like other parents. And so giving practical tips on just kind of relationships with other parents and those kind of things will probably be the second one. And then there'll probably be one down the road on adolescence, to, again, depending on how well
0: it does. <laughs> the, it's just the same book title with the tagline, The Teenage Years.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think someone gave me, like, a the tagline, it was, uh, like, because then there would also be, like, a toddler one, so, like, zero to, you know, two, and it was, like, little shits, and then, like, the teenage one would be, like, big shits or something.
0: like That's that. amazing. Oh, my gosh, that is, that is, that is... I mean, probably don't do that, but that's also just really funny.
1: Yeah. And like the other thing about it, I was telling my um, hairstylist about the book the other Mm -hmm. day and my illustrator, because there's illustrations, so there's pictures in the book. And he was working on one because I had forgotten one. So he's quickly, you know, creating it. And he sent a draft to me and I showed it to my hairstylist. And she was like there's pictures in the book. I'm like, yeah. And
0: she's like, well, then I'm for sure buying it. And so there's also pictures in the book. Uh, Can we just take a moment to talk about, can we have more adult picture books, please? Yeah. Like I, I like my color. I like pictures. I like, I like things to be intense and in front of my face. Yeah. And, and sure. I like a big novel. Give me pictures in the novel, even if it's just chapter pictures Mm -hmm. or something like that that's it that's 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 what we got out of all this nothing about the book we're petitioning for adult picture books
1: we need more illustrations in our like our adult books yeah
0: yes need more illustrations in the adult books Mm -hmm. all right well we are about out of time for the episode i Mm -hmm. want to give you a a special thanks for coming on and being my victor guinea pig (laughs) uh that has yet to be seen. We'll see what happens when the episode releases. <laughs> uh, do you have any final thoughts for the audience? Anything like that?
1: I don't think so. Like I I love to connect with people. I love building relationships. So I'm on all of the social medias. It's Doctor so D R and then Dre, D R E, and then Mata M A T A on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Cause someone
0: told me I needed to go on TikTok. I'm sorry. I know, but, but also, I, yes. I know. Uh yeah. We- marketing of the future (laughs) but no i can say with personal experience uh Andrea puts a lot of interesting stuff on her LinkedIn profile and has tagged me in a few things that's opened up a lot of neat conversation uh, you get the chance go ahead check her out at her and make sure you buy the book what's the name of it again because I the,
1: don't number two parenting book <laughs> practical tips for the pooped out parent
0: and be on the lookout in about three years for the teenage years version <laughs> <laughs> alright thank you so much for coming Andrea mm. it's been an absolute pleasure to have on the show I will make sure to send you home with a few bags of this wonderful yes. tea from stash to not share with others. Keep nope. it to yourself. Nope. Ma- mommy's gotta. mommy has gotta have her her special I time. Read it in the bathroom. Exactly. My exactly. illustrator said the porcelain panic room. The po- I like that. I'm going to use that from now on. Mm -hmm. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. And uh, until I get an intro figured out, consistency, right? Uh Uh-huh. Everybody take care and we'll see you next time when we brew up some new business.